back to the Ox Plug, where some days we just don't have a clue. And I'm Crispy Crow. I am Mr. Jaywit. And I am Halion. I am a Vulcan with wire in my hands, trying to make good on that being the jeweler of the Ox. Hello, everyone. I am literally wire wrapping as we speak. Yes. <sighs> uh, topic of today is just chilling. Just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We're all kind <laughs> of in a meh mood. Well, haven't we like haven't we alluded to like wanting to record just us hanging out for quite a while but have never really gotten the chance to do it or is that what we call a ramble probably really familiar yeah you know crispin and i did that we uh where we we just kind of turned on the we didn't have a topic we didn't have a any idea we just turned on the bot and you know literally just rambled for an hour and and you know interesting stuff happened oh yes it was a good time Actually, hang on. I'm going to turn on a timer. Just for me personally. Uh, yep, yep. Don't worry. Structure, structure. No. Jay has to have his structure. No, 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 no. no. This is just, this is purely for me. Um, it does not have to be a structure thing. It's just very going to be very funny. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. So a timer is this, supposed to make is, it funny? Is he going to make a timer for how long before we make this about Star Wars? Hey! There you go. I read Jay Witt so perfectly. Oh, I am yeah. good. I am so uh, good. God damn it. That was it. But te- technically, we haven't made it about Star Wars yet, so... No, I was, was just me asking to... if that's the purpose of his timer. <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting. We could do it yeah. at least once to not bring up stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I when, when, y'all, when y'all talked about German food the other day, did you bring up Star Wars at any point? No. Okay, there you go. Do you know the reason why? Because you didn't have Crispy or I there. Are we the enablers? Yes. Yeah, we've determined uh, okay. that Crispy is the enabler for Halion. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yes. But you know, it's it's but it's not my fault. We're share we Crispy and I have had this conversation. We share this brain cell. We do. Like he, he, he and I are so much like thinking the same thing so often that it's really eerie. You're just sitting around thinking about laser swords. I have similar similar revelations with Crispy. Yeah. Um, I think there there's probably just some weirdness there that might be a whole topic in itself. Probably. I mean, we could do a Vulcan mind meld as a topic. Uh, <laughs> see what you did there. See, Except now that's. Board, but, I couldn't. Yeah. No, but I just think it comes down to the fact that I think, you know, Crispy is the, the, he's got that artist mind and heart. So he's all, his, his brain is always coming up with creativity and, and shit. And so yeah. he's just kind of like always, you know, coming up with something and we're just tagging on it. Like we're, we're uh, in the parlance of the time, we're picking up what he's laying down. Yes. That's he's an old the only parlance, one. I'll have you know. Hey, hey, you're an old parlance. No, no, you're not. You're you're the youngest parlance on this I know podcast. Right. I just turned thirty-two this week. Oh shit. Oh, I'll be I'm nearly, I'm nearly I'll be gonna be thirty. Fifty in nine months. Oh man. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was I was having a uh, a conversation with my daughter oh. yesterday. Because my in six months, my granddaughter will be three. And I was just oh like, I don't want her to be three. I want her to stay two. Can't you keep her two? Just make her stay two. Because once she's three, then she's going to be four. And when, once she's four, she's going to be like 16. And I don't want that to happen. I'm, I'm I, having some Fleetwood Mac right now. 
I had that revelation with with what I'm doing right now that I've been doing it for eight years as of this year, um, as of July, or actually no, June more specifically. Um, and I'm just kind of like, holy hell, did time really go that fast? And have I really been devoted to this art form for that long already? Holy sweet Mary and Joseph, where did time go? No, I'm curious yeah. how long I've been needle felting. Oh, do you have Chris, a long image drawn? Oh, jeez. Oh. Um, long, long ass time. Well, since I was a kid. Alien, what's the okay. longest, um, you know, hobby art form thing you think you got? Um. Wow. Um, I always hard hitting questions. I always doodled, <laughs> but I don't. I never considered myself an artist because I was never like good at it, or even like got any better per se. Um. I matter of fact, my kid gets so mad at me, my youngest. Um, and she'll like yell at me because like, you know, why did you stop drawing? You should keep drawing. You should keep doodling. Why'd you stop? Because like I've got a couple of things that I did when I was in college that mm -hmm. are just like it's just like a collage of crap, just like all sorts of doodles, like filling up an entire page. But I thought it was interesting. So I framed them and put them on the wall because, you know, I'm arrogant like that. Um, I wouldn't say it's arrogant. You're just happy, proud of your work. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's interesting. Um and so she looks at him and she'll be like, you should have kept drawing. I'm like, but I'm not any good. But now the only thing that I've always considered myself of any kind of skill or talent of any kind, and even then I would not call it like good or technically talent. But the only thing I felt like I had, I was okay at was writing, you know, being creative and coming up with ideas and things and fleshing shit out. Um, but I don't consider myself, I really don't consider myself a writer because I don't really ever finish anything. I'm great with ideas or something short, you know, short form, like something that I can, you know, like, like a chapter's worth, but like, I could never sit down and like do a whole book that just, it's I, never been, I've never had that, that, that gear. I am kind of finding myself, um, in very similar shoes actually, when it comes to writing bandit clans, um. I, I've got like nine pages on it. Granted, life has thrown um, a wrench on on the the scripting process for all of that. And I know this is a very inside baseball thing for a little small gist of what I'm even talking about. I know we like details around here. Bandit Clans uh, refers to the Bandit cast of uh, BattleTech, the Clanners, the uh, the undesirables. And so there's a lot of a lot of in-house stuff that we use as far as what I'm going with, but the, the consensus or the, the premise rather is what if these, these guys kind of gathered together as a counterculture that might've even existed before the clanners themselves even were a thing before Nikki K did his thing. Uh, Nikki K, Nicholas Krensky for, for those uh, who are a little short on the slang, but in any case, um, Big tying Daddy together. Nick. Yeah. So it's back tying together to the topic of it, having given that little spoiler there. Um, I yeah, I've been so struggle busting with that and I have to re-edit it so many times just to make sure that, you know, my idea-based brain can follow a single idea where I'm, you know, simultaneously hatching, hey, let's let's add this. Let's hey, well, what if this happened? How can I tie this all together? And just you get to being like a little fucking crackhead. Yeah, um, I know how that I know that. So it's 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 one of those that's been part of the delay on my end with all of that. But I'm finding that, yeah, I'm much more of an idea guy at the end of the day. I can 
spitball so many different things. And I attribute that to when I was in graphic design, Crispy, you might actually appreciate this. Uh, I had a teacher that every morning, and this is hard for somebody who's not a morning person, you had a topic on the board, didn't matter what it was, whether you liked it or not, you had to draw 10 different images in 10 minutes. So you had a minute per image. So you have to, you have to start being able to think quickly. Yeah. But also take something and run with it. And so I, I look at that that critical lesson in my my early education. Well, I guess I can't really call that early education. That was like the late phase of my actual education. Let's be real. The high school. So I was at a tech center for that. But in any case, um, the fact of the matter stands is that one. That's that's one I definitely draw back on is is being able to take something and rework it um, and use that as a focus point. Actually, it's, it's yeah. weird how my brain works. It's very weird yeah. how my brain works. There's a uh, a story that I've heard that I'm like, this is really, like, really useful that I've, I've liked, which is, like, a, there was a pottery class where there were two people, there were, the teachers split everyone up into two groups. One were making the absolute most beautiful pots they could. They sculpted them, set them up and everything. Um, and then you had the other group, which was just, just keep spitting them out. Do- it doesn't matter, I just need more of them. And by the end of it, they said, okay, pick out your favorite pots that you've made. And the people who sat down and just made more pots ended up with more beautiful pots by the end of it just by spitting out more things over time. It does take a lot of practice, yeah. I mean, you just gotta, You just got to keep going, and that's really key for a lot of that things I've, I've found. Yeah, well, absolutely. Sometimes it's easier than other times to keep going yeah yeah oh, oh no i'm not saying it's amount. easy but i am saying like it's better to just keep doing things rather than being like oh let me make this perfect let me do this let me do this just keep going just that's get, get that enough. is yeah that is so reminiscent of what i'm again i'm gonna yeah. probably use wire wrapping a lot today just because it's it's a way to keep me focused and talking while i'm also distracted with my hands yeah. um in my early, early phases of doing this, um, it was one of those I would, and I still to this day am highly critical of myself, but little known secret is that's actually the only way I've been able to get any better at it. Because if I accepted what I did every single time as great, awesome, wonderful, well, what did you learn from that? Where, where are your flaws? How can yeah. you improve this? How can you make this better? If I didn't... If I didn't have, in some cases, very brutal on myself, but still very realistic, critical thinking with my own work, I'd still be making very basic one-wire wraps where I like to use several now. Mm -hmm. So I I, I did look it up. I've been needle felting for about three years, uh, just on and off. And the, uh, the only, like, artistic thing that I feel like I have any sort of say over to be like, no, 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 this is, is, uh, for RPGs running games and those, I just run fucking games and, and make it, and just learning how to structure stories in ways that lets people have fun, but not too much where they just get analysis paralysis. And that's my, I'm kind of curious to see your DMing style, sir. Uh, well, you can listen to the podcast because uh, Maestro did spit that up. But typically, I, I have I have the loosey goosey style. 
I have the hmm. let's just all have fun and tell a story rather than strict we need three combats in a session sort of game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, you have a very relaxed, uh, GME. Um, I don't but, run relaxing games to be clear. No, no, as a person. <laughs> no. Um, matter of fact, that's one of the things I mentioned to you is in listening to the, the traveler game on BPL is I, I see correlations between the way deputy runs his games in the way that you do not not of course it's not exact because every gm is going to be a little different mm -hmm. um but i definitely can see things um in the way that you do things and the way he does things that i see all oh, that that feels familiar you know like i um but you, you make it very easy as a for the for your players which is appreciated yeah especially because i've taught a lot of new people one thing i've realized just as me as as I have done things more and more, is every single friend group I've ever had turns into an RPG group by the end of it. You have that effect on people. <laughs> well, people like role-playing games. People want to play the Dungeons the Dragoning 7th edition, 40, sorry, 40,000 7th edition. People do want to play those sort of things. And I'm like, I need people. What's going on? Come over, want... we're going to play Blades in the Dark. I want, I, I would be... Interested in playing a uh, a D and D game that you ran? That could be interesting. I don't really like D and D. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Oh no, no, we'd have to make it utterly stupid. I know. It's just D and D is just to me is just so kind of boring. Like a little too just, little I... too cliche, crispy. Huh? A little too cliche for you? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I like I like Delta Green. I mean, <sighs> like our Star Wars game in um, Traveler. I, I, yeah, I can see that where it's like it's just that one, that one franchise or that one setting that's just like a little, a little too played out that you need a different immersion if you're going to go into that that frame of mind to, to go into role play. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, very much so. Sorry, you were going to say something, Jay? Yeah, yeah go ahead, me, please. Sorry. To me, D and D is more. There's a, a random issue that I've discovered, which is you have to fit every single setting in the D&D &D mold, and you can't really adjust things from there. For example, I know Tex casually mentioned, like, a horse explosion spell, and I went, oh, that'd be really funny. But if you have a horse explosion spell, that means every single other D&D &D setting has to accept the fact that there's now horse explosions. Yeah, it's, it's different so, from, say, yeah. Traveler. Where yeah, we're like, hmm. well, Traveler is still, there's still the base Traveler setting. Mr. But, Ed Explodio. But my point is that all of the D&D &D settings have to fit the certain framework of how magic works. Yeah. In terms of, like, doing these things. But when you, and that to me, it creates a very good D&D &D game. But you don't get a very good weird fantasy game. You don't get stuff where, like, oh, you need to start blood sacrificing in order to cast a spell to put someone's soul in a gem, and then yeah. you do this. You can describe it, but, like, you actually just don't get that level of mechanics to actually support it. And that, to me, is, like, the greatest shame of it all. Where it could be a whole bunch of weird shit of, like, magic's fucking weird and scary, and don't touch this shit, you're gonna die. But that's not how it shows up. That's not what you see. 
That's what I like yeah. about how you did the uh, Waypoint Station is it was you borrowed bits of Traveler, even though you are vehemently that it is not a Traveler universe, but you yep. borrowed bits and pieces and you just kind of like you just made it, it everything in it made sense and everything in it kind of followed a structure, but you made the game and you happen in a universe that existed for that. Like everything in there made sense, even though it technically wasn't, as you said, it wasn't actually traveler, but it all worked together in that universe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of been how I've been wanting to, how I've been in my head, uh, been running our, our star Wars game in that, it's not the Star Wars universe that everybody else knows. It's it's my own amalgam universe. And mm-hmm. as things have happened and, and done, I've just been kind of like, well, this makes sense if this would happen. This makes sense if this could be okay. And it makes sense that this is a thing. Um, and, and I think that's as long as, yeah, as long as it's consistent and it makes sense with what you're doing. Yeah, and because you know that setting so well, you can play with it a lot more. The issue when you're making your own setting is someone goes, how does this work? And you go, I don't know. And then you can either say, you tell me how this works. Like, that happens a lot in, like, the Blades in the Dark sort of games, where you're not given enough information. And so a lot of times, as a GM, I'll just say, I don't know, you tell me. And if they go, I don't know, I go, okay, let me make some shit up. But like in a Star Wars setting where someone goes, how does the hollow network? Someone goes, oh, actually it works because of this, this, and this. As opposed to like a less defined setting where you say, how does space internet work? Someone, you could just go, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's fun. It's fun yeah. with you, when, you come, when you kind of like create it as you go and you're giving your players the agency to do that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Yeah. Having agency helps a lot in games like that. You get player buy-in naturally when you do that. So if someone says, how does this work? And you, they say, oh, it works because of these things. They suddenly care because they made that. And if they care because they made that, then like, oh, let's introduce more things. Let's bring other stuff in. I hate to give Bethesda any credit, um, but that's actually as a one of the little things about the Elder Scrolls that I actually really appreciate is the little books that they have that you can read. There are actually some pretty intricate and detailed stories that mm-hmm. when you look at the lore of things, um, help the the world and the setting have a lot more depth to it. Uh, and one of my favorite standout stories in the Elder Scrolls is, I think it's the disaster of Enoloth or how, it's it's really hard to fucking say, but in any case, it's about when the Empire goes over to an entirely different continent, tries to colonize it. And there's just like and fucking nothing have, there. There's that flat, mm. Yeah, flat nothing. It's like invading the steppe, but meanwhile, you can see that it's it's the the writer suggests that it's even possible that the enemy is using magic to basically like create brand storms new, and making yeah, it new, all the more difficult for the mages to talk to the mainland like they would like almost instantaneously they had to go back you know courier method just the mm-hmm. way that whole disaster and that campaign falls apart i i can see 
see it's it's realistic touch to where it's that is one of those things that i fucking love about the other scrolls i will always go back and read that book every, any day of the week if i'm running around in whatever character even though i know that story in and out for the most part i will still mm-hmm. read it because i just fucking love that story it's so good so good yeah i i've liked elder scrolls as well but they it's a bit of a dumb thing but um when i was a teenager i had a kindle and I was just downloading random shit. And one of them was like, hey, here's all of the Morrowind books. And I hadn't played Morrowind. But I was like, well, I got enough. I want to read stuff. Here we go. And I just read every single Morrowind book front to back. And there were some really interesting things. Like, mm-hmm. there are slug people that, like, died off in the second era. And they were just, like, incredible necromancers. And they're just gone. Uh-huh. And you they also have, like, people books. going into the Black Marsh, and there's these, like, they've got these wild, like, uh, like slug things that just, you fall down and you get zoomed over to a different area. They've got, like, flesh-eating, like, bugs and everything. There's this really oh, yeah. cool shit there. And it's yeah, just like, I love how, like, no, it's over there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like the so, lore of the other scrolls is really cool in that regard to where it's like the only reason the Argonians beat the uh, Bolivian crisis is because they would happen right in the middle of Hist. And so that's when every single Argonian <laughs> is naturally drawn to their ancestral home. This is like the ultimate homecoming for a species for out there, you know, people who aren't familiar. You know, say, just, you have also, this. Yeah. You have this 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 natural calling from nature itself to go back to your ancestral home. Just imagine that, and you just flock there. And meanwhile, you know, hell itself opens its gates. But there's so many of you there that you invade it yourself. You're like, fuck you, we got this. Yeah, the hister like sentient tree things that are psychically linked to Argonians, and it's just casually never mentioned at all. And also that the hister alive. And wand move slowly move throughout the years as well. It's like, oh, there's so much cool shit, and it's just sort of off on the side. And you can check it out if you want. And there are some great websites and some bad websites to to show you all those things. So you said when you were a teenager, you had a Kindle. Yes. When I was a teenager, I had Trade a Book. I've never heard of that. Okay, Trade a Book was. Now, it was like this hole-in-the-wall, independently-owned, used bookstore in this rundown, like, barely—it wasn't even a strip mall. Like, it was—like, there was a gas station convenience store, uh, shout-out Golden Pantry, uh, my local area, with, like, two little additional, like, little shops, additions on what each end, and trade a existed in the middle. And it was like the 60-something-year-old man— uh, you know, little little bespeckled, round bespeckled glasses, you know, super thin white hair, you know, suspenders, exactly what you would think a guy would look like. And it was just this, store. yeah, it's just like yeah. this just long, skinny store, right, with like three aisles of books with all sorts of shelves. Now, the ones up against the wall, the main walls were like hand built with like two by fours and like little thin pieces of plywood, like just, just like slapdash put up against the walls. But all the ones in the middle of the store were like random bookshelves. Like some of them were like knocked down, like Walmart furniture. Some of them were actual, like good quality bookshelves, just like, like shit you would have bought like at thrift stores and 
uh, estate sales. It's just, just random bookshelves, just like all lined mm -hmm. up in a row. And it was just all these used books. Like there was nothing new. Everything was used books. And you would go in and whatever the original sale price on the back of the book was, mm -hmm. essentially he would give that price minus like, like basically half of that, you know? So like if it was mm -hmm. $4.99, it would be $2.99 or something like that. Yeah. would be what you would pay for the book. And then when you were done, if you brought them back, he would let you trade them back in for like 10 cents on the dollar. Okay. So like it, so like wow. it was a 40, so it was like, it was a four ninety nine originally book. He'd give you 50 cents to trade it back in. Hmm. Right. So you would constantly, you know, go in there and pick up half a dozen new books, read Swap them all, bring, them bring them yeah. back. Yeah. So he was making money. It was, it was great, but that's what, what, that's what I had. When I was a kid, as far as picking up new books and shit, was go to trade a book, um, or or the library. But that was that was more rare. We Library's we didn't have Kindles. We didn't have these the, these gizmos and gadgets and these newfangled things that all you kids had. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that shit. Did you, yeah, but if you had it, you would have used it because it's of course really I would have used it. But we didn't have yeah. it. It was not a thing. All, my music was still on was still in cassette until Jesus. Till Are we turning this into an old man cast? I was in college. Listen, like every cast I'm on is an old man cast. Yeah, anytime childhoods are mentioned, it turns into an old man cast. <laughs> we're now we're mm. young, boy. Back when my back medicine only was three pills. I don't take back medicine, thank you. Oh, yes. My back is just fine. Mm. <laughs> so I don't have to take back medicine either. Not that I'm old and second youngest here compared to you two. Not by much with Vulcan. I'm 31. Yeah, I was going to say, not by much. Jesus, don't throw me under the bus that hard. There's only like a year between us, man. <laughs> you know, I have learned. Granted, so many people highball my age just because service literally throws five years on your lifespan oh i, I believe that I, but you know i know i talked about this on on old man cast but you know hanging out with you guys and you young whippersnappers so, yeah you whippersnappers hanging out with all you young kids it it, it definitely has changed my opinion on age uh, it, in my job the majority of my clientele are 60 plus easy Easy. Some days, far more. Um, I'm not surprised considering where you work, but continue. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, it's weird. Like, I don't, I don't really see hanging out with younger, with quote unquote, young, you younger people. <laughs> I don't really see a difference. Like, I, I feel like we're very much the same in a lot of the, the ways we think, the things we like, stuff like that. We have some different experiences, obviously, but. I don't yeah. really see a lot of differences in that. Whereas the people older than me, I like they're aliens as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Like, I, like I have no concept yeah. where they like, are. Like you can accept my book recommendations and you're like, no, this is really good. And I agree on these things and I disagree on those. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know my dad, I hand my dad books occasionally. He goes like, I did not understand this at all, but like, that's yeah. fine. I've been trying to get my right. dad to be dude for a while now. Oh my god, my dad and I would not. My father and I could not be possibly any different as far as books and stuff. I love him. He's he is he is the sweetest, greatest guy, and 
like he's just he's a great dude but my god we have nothing in common when it comes to interest about stuff like that is he okay then i assume he's a, a history buff then no oh he isn't oh okay i thought it no. was a not like, really I, no okay because to no. me the um it's a my dad my grandfather reads um civil war sorry um yeah civil war books and my dad reads revolutionary war books and i'm like i've got this book called invisible cities it's this weird fake buildings like fake cities that that are like semi-poetic in nature and everything and my dad's like i don't understand this at all okay now my my dad is i'm not sure what he's reading now he's very much more of the like uh he reads chumba chumbawamba stuff um okay. things that we wouldn't want to mention and talk about um <laughs> he's you know my dad's a car guy like he's he like he i don't know as much in now but i know like he was very much like in nascar before nascar was popular and shit um that's just that's who he is now his dad my grandfather he's the one that encouraged a lot of my reading when i was younger because he noticed my interest in the greek myths which he also liked so he would like encourage that like hand me books and stuff but no uh my my his dad my papa uh he loved Louis L'Amour, like the Westerns. That was his thing. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Zane Gray, Louis L'Amour, that was his jam. That's the stuff that he read. Um, I don't think my mom even reads. I don't know that I've ever seen her read a book, which is weird, I think, because she always encouraged me to read. Yeah, I'll admit I don't read as often as I'd like to. I should so to have what I need to get back into doing. Oh, look, when I took, you know, you know the, the the ox is what it is right it's mm -hmm. the ox exists because people got drawn in who were fans of text fan of bpl fan of of wbpl 76 um months and months and months ago on the patreon and uh, updates in particular text challenged people and said you know look you know i'm going to challenge you if you're not if social media is giving you harm if it's bringing you you know, if it's all it's doing is stressing you out, get rid of it. Get rid of your social medias and replace it with reading. And then get back with me in six months and tell me if you feel like your life is better. And I took that to heart. I got rid of all of my social medias, which, I mean, I only had like one or two anyway. Discord is kind of a social media, but it's like hey. internet social media. To me, it's, it's different because it's direct in what interaction versus just like posting and doom scrolling. Mm, um, okay. But other th okay, other than the ox. I got rid of, I cut off all my uh, socials and I took that challenge to heart. I began reading. I finished uh, Rant and then I went from, <laughs> I went from, which was fucking God. bizarre and fucked up, but I'm also amazing. Um, you, and I've gone from there. The, you said the weirdest book you had. <laughs> that, yes. And you were 1000% yeah. correct. Yep. That was the weirdest book I've ever read. Um, and then I went from there and I've been in a reading and reading. Like I've, I've read multiple books at home. I keep books on my phone to read at work because when I'm at work, if things are slow and I whip out a paper book, there's a problem. But if I whip out my phone, I'm just on my phone. So they don't really complain about that. Hmm. So I've been doing a lot of reading at work. I've read several books while there. Uh, uh, shout out Jay to uh, the Zoe Ash series. 
fucking uh, amazing. So much so, fun. There's a reason why I keep mentioning them. Yeah, they're like good. bonkers. <laughs> like just like some shit to just bonkers, but so fun and so good. It's so well um, written too. Yes, it's very, very good. Like, uh, let's see, the three books, uh, Futuristic Weapons and Fancy Suits. Uh, no, Zoe futuristic Punch- Violence. Futuristic Violence and Fancy yeah. Suits. Oh, Z- Zoe, punch- Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick, and Zoe mm-hmm. is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. Yep. Um, I haven't got to that one. I'm just, like, really started on the second book so far, but very good, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit. I feel like I've just, like, hijacked this entire podcast. Sorry, guys. I'm happy to talk about fucking books all day. <laughs> I'm still in the middle of if this book exists, you're in the wrong universe. And also um, the dystopia project. Uh, it's atopia, then dystopia, then utopia, which eh, it's sort of the dystopia is sort of lagging a bit, but I'm going to still finish it. What is an atopia? Um, so oh, I can look that not, up. No, it's not a real thing. They made it up for the book. So that way it's a trilogy properly. Um, uh, Let's see. Anything else? We've been watching the shittiest anime known to man that's hilarious. Which that's where John is from. That is a hell of a title to claim considering how shitty animes are out there. Shitty is the wrong word, but it is a comedy, a hard, hard comedy. Crisp. No, like, you know, don't mince your words, please. Be honest with how you feel. I don't have the energy too (laughs) (laughs) it's okay to not like anime i don't hate anime there's just i'm very picky with what i want to watch if there isn't a giant mech then it's not a valid anime i get it necessarily i've watched stuff that doesn't involve giant robots before although having giant robots helps it does yes it definitely helps why aren't there giant robots in Star Wars? That's what I want to know. My my boy made a mech suit. Is that not a giant it's robot? Not, no, it's not a, a spider it's, tank. You have a spider suit thing, but it's not giant. Now, oh well, wait a minute. Now, in season two <laughs> of of uh, we've done it. We've got to Star Wars. Of uh, in season two of the Bad Batch, they do find this ancient temple that's actually this giant, like four legged mech thing uh that starts laying waste to a planet that they have to somehow disable but but right but why aren't there more like giant mech things in star wars huh that's a good question i i would say it has to do with the era that star wars was made in honestly because that was is death the death star a mech no No. (laughs) Ooh. okay here's a question let's put the death star in this Transformer universe, what would the Death Star turn into? Unicron. Yes. Unicron. Right? Yeah, like, right? Doesn't the planet-eating guy? Yes. You, you mean... Uh, not, Unicron. Uh, Unicron, right. But it yeah. wouldn't be Unicron. It'd be something different. But no, what would it be? It'd be the, like, the giant robotic made from space balls. Like Impercron, right? Palpacron. There no, you no, go. no, no, no. Unicron just gets a really big straw. And just slurps up planets. He drinks your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that, Crispy. You know me too well. Good movie. Uh, (laughs) That is a really good movie. Daniel Day-Lewis moments that I've never fucking seen the movie. I haven't either. It's okay. 
Like it, it's okay not to watch. I would. I think it's a good movie. But if you don't yeah. haven't watched it, I'm not gonna be like, you need to watch it. Bro. Like it's good. Yeah. Oh no, no, I wholeheartedly agree. It's it's one of those movies that like the pop culture memification of it That's, is yeah, is valid enough that you don't have to watch the movie to understand. Uh, but it's still a good movie. Yeah. yeah, it's. I'm sure it is. It's just not my kind of movie. No, That's it fair. is a drama. Like yeah. you gotta accept that. And yeah, not about that oil there, crispy. Earl. Yeah, about that. that, that now here's oil. the thing: in certain parts of the country, it's oil; in other parts of the country, it's oil. Yeah, depends. Depends I have on not where you are. Oil, oil. Yeah, I've not heard of oil. Oil or oil? Mm-hmm. I've, um, I haven't heard that either. It's just like there's certain oil. parts of a country. Uh, okay. If there's this viscous liquid in this plastic thing made by Bic that you write with, what is that? A pen. A pen? In, in parts of oh. the country, it's a pen. In other parts of the country, it's a pen. Oh, okay. Just, just subtle variations. Yeah. Just like we've talked, we've talked, I think we've talked about like what's a, co- what's the sidewalk made out of? Oh, uh, hopes and dreams. <laughs> is this green day? Asphalt, <laughs> Um, I know apparently people don't call uh, the things on top of houses roofs. Roofs? roofs. Yeah, you guys call them roofs. We call them roofs. Yep, that's it's very much a thing. It's up on the roof. Yeah, that's very <laughs> that's very common. That's very not a very 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 common. I don't know um, if I could do the oak and oak. Yep, no, there it is. Oak and oak. Mm. Apparently, in the south, we 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 do like an uplifted A with a lot of things. Oh yeah. I have yeah. actually. I hate to say my 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 speech is slowly Floridianizing, if that's a way to put it. It's Southernizing, just 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 a tad. Um, mm. And that is that's a thing that's evident even when you're in the military. We we call it. I don't know if it's like the military accent or something like that. When like all everybody is in a single place, so everybody's everything starts to gel. Um, I have noticed over the last few years that I'm more likely to say oak instead of oak. Hmm. And there's a few other things that are just more common being down here in Florida that, that are said so, so regularly that even when I'm up in the north, like, I'm starting to not sound like it anymore. And that's just, that's just the amount of time I've spent here. It's not like just a little thing, you know, where you just say, yeah, I want to adapt to the times. I've... <laughs> been that young little fucker that's just ran through the south once and wants to start speaking in a southern accent no it's when you actually fucking live here (laughs) yeah i've i've heard of people going to like japan and everything and then coming back like for like a month or so and they come back with an accent and they're like i don't know i am sorry this is just i'm so i've talked so much i can't help it you know it's cultural my my kid about uh Two, two, uh, almost three years ago now. Um, uh, let's get it's it's time to get personal with Hellion now. Um, but uh, my uh, the ex moved a couple of counties over into a much more rural area. Um, built a house, you know, built a house, set up like a little hobby farm, all that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my kids start are primarily living with her and, and their stepmom, and so they're, they start going to this new school. And after about a year, I pick up my youngest and I notice that somewhere, like out of a the blue, they've started developing like this Southern 
like very exaggerated Southern accent on certain words. And, and, and I called them out on it, like not meaning to like be mean. It's just like, like I'm laughing and they're like, what? And I'm like, and so I mentioned it to them and it's just like, they've started to pick up on how their classmates talk because again, mm-hmm. it's a much, much, much more rural area. And I'm not disparaging that. I'm just, no, it's it was not, something that, not, that I noticed. You're not calling, giving judgment. You're just noticing that it's a fact. Right. Like I was noticing that it was very much like they were starting to take on that affliction. Now that has since changed a lot as in the last year and a half or so, I've seen a lot of that like diminishing. And I don't know if that's just because they're becoming a, you know, a mid teens, you know, 15, 16 ish. Um, but it, it just, I thought it was hilarious to, to start hearing that when I'd never heard them talk like that anymore prior. It's funny how you kind of pick stuff up like that. And it's it's reminiscent of like I was saying with the military accent earlier. Um, when I was in a park not far from my actual home, hometown, um, it was the next town over. Um, I had just gotten out of infantry school and come back for my brief time before deployment. And there's this lady that's there, and I'm just just chatting with her and everything like that. And she's like, "So where are you even from?" And I'm like, "Caledonia, next town over." Like, you do not sound like you're from around here at all. Like, military accent. So, in some regards, I can see that being the case with the kid. If they if they've been taken and removed from that sort of situation where not everybody like has the same draw anymore, then that might be a thing. If they're more immersed in the way somebody else sounds, that might be a factor. Um, and if it was like as you said, you know, as an exaggerated thing, there might be more to it, or might have been. But I don't want to fit in with their their friends. That is also an option. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah, you're picking up sake on the sake of a social mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the South has, as, as I know, we talked about a lot when uh, we did the uh, the Magical Southern Mystery Tour when uh, you were down here, Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the South has become yeah. very, very much melting pot. A lot of, a lot of people have moved, particularly in the Atlanta area, but like a lot of the South in general. You've had a lot of people from other parts of the country moving here. Yeah. Um, well, over the last why, like, 30, 40 like, years. And so, yeah, you, you've seen a lot of the accents have changed and we've got a lot of exposure to other accents. My area is like, my area is like little, um, to not dox myself openly. It's my area of Florida is basically the little Midwest and I've got my own theories for that. So I definitely can agree where it's like, there's a lot of, of movement happening in this direction. It's totally not because of your weather is so much better. Not at all. No, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would want to live here for the weather that that came from somewhere else. But that's just me. Now, but no, what my first experience growing up where I did, it was a a, a pseudo smallish town adjacent to a bigger small town, but still a small town. And so, like, you know, everybody talked the same same accent. Some a little bit more exaggerated than others. Other like other Southern accents from like adjacent States, but it was all very similar. We didn't have any like non Southern accents that I was exposed to. And then I was in my mid twenties, early to mid twenties. And I was working for, you know, retail corporate giant and I got transferred to another location. So I called the night before to this location, which is about 45 minutes away. And I asked for another member of management and somebody comes on the, uh, on the phone and, uh, 
and they come on and say, hi, this is Kathy. How can I help you? I was like, hi, Kathy. You know, my name is blanky blank. Uh, and I'm, you know, been reassigned to your location. I start there tomorrow and I'm coming from such and such. And I just wanted to know what was the easiest way to get there from, from here. Cause this was in the age before GPS children. I, and, excuse me. Hang on. How I, did you live? That is the most terrifying thing imaginable. We had paper maps. We kept a paper map under oh, either the driver or passenger seat of your right. car. And it was a full atlas of the full United States. And it, and this is before MapQuest. And even then, MapQuest was like, you're, you're getting like a multi, Ugh. you know, it takes like a whole tree to get your directions. Now, imagine if every single turn that Google <laughs> tells you, you know, please make a, a new turn at this place and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's all printed back then mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm. You'd have to this was that before that out, was even it. super popular like this was like get out the road atlas and trace it in highlighter mm -hmm. so i so i basically i'm just trying to figure out what's the easiest way to get there from where i am and uh and Ooh. this person when how, i asked how frequently do people get would people get lost then a lot a lot um jay the, the movie wrong turn exists like yes it does just go so, just use gps so I so I asked, you know, what's the easiest way to get here from there to from here to there? It's about 40, 45 minutes away. And uh and Kathy uh pauses for a second and she just says, drive. <laughs> and so I'm immediately put off by this, but it ended up ended up getting to know Kathy. Kathy was fantastic. Kathy was fabulous. Kathy was born and raised on Long Island. Uh, her father was an architect. Matter of fact, he actually desi helped design and build uh, Shea Stadium in in Queens, in where the Mets, New York Mets played. Uh, had lived most of her life in Long Island, in New York, and so still had that very much you know New York accent, uh, but was fabulous. So she's just fascinated. Loved listening to her talk. Um, but fuck, how did we get on this? Welcome to the Ramble. Anyway, accents are weird. Yeah. yeah, we were we were talking about maps and stuff, but yes, we also I think that was the root of it was accents are weird. Yeah, accents are weird. Maps. I can remember very clearly when my when my first wife and I were married, driving from rural middle Georgia up to Virginia where her parents were living, and like getting out the atlas and tracing a map and finding a spot between this major highway and this major highway, where there was like this little. Two lane, not even really paved, like dirt access road between, like between two two major farms. That if we took this little fifteen minute cross between this major highway and this railroad on this one, it saved us like an hour uh, of transit. And feeling so impressed that we found this, and that we were able to manage it in the middle of the night in the dark, and not get lost. I like my GPS. I'm getting a new phone because my GPS module is going bad. Oh, really I'm like I'm a, <laughs> oh, I'm 100% better. GPS is so much better than what we had back in the day. Yeah, because like, you actually have an accurate idea of where the hell you're going versus looking oh, at yeah. the map. I mean, like, well, this looks right. Yeah, yeah like, well, yeah. see, there's the thing is, there's a point where your GPS will go down and take it from somebody who's gone nomad tripping several times and to to simplify what that even means to the to people who don't know what i'm talking about that's when you strap your life to your back in a backpack and you start walking indefinitely 
Now, I've had the phone go down several times, and it's one of those, you better hope you pre-studied your route well enough, because to this day, that it shows how much of a crutch that can become oh, to where you're going to have to start doing you know stuff like dead reckoning and stuff like that i was just like okay i've looked at this map several times pretty sure keep going past this street this street this street aha there's the one that i turn at it's got that peculiar little tree that i saw on the on on the you know mm. potential photos and the blessing of potential photos of the area even so that we have nowadays what, what i've determined figured out just as me is i always know which direction north is mm-hmm. and so if i just say no, I'm going southeast. And then it's a, all right, we, you can wiggle around a little bit, but if you can see the sun, you can tell which direction north is. And yep. to the sun and the time of day, you can just look up, go, okay, that's north, and I need to go southeast. You don't worry about it. Yep. I, I've always had a fairly decent sense of direction. And, like, I may not know exactly where I'm at, but I have a pretty good idea which direction is what. Like, just, you know, you can get lost, but as long as you go, as long as I have a general idea, I'll, you know, I'll find it. Uh, my first wife and I, when we were first married, she drove up to South Carolina to visit family, and she was leaving, and she missed a turn when she should have turned left to head back down south, and instead she drove for about an hour and a half, and not realizing it until she hit the ocean. Oh, <laughs> And then she realized she had missed a turn. <laughs> well, at least there's a very clear stopping point. Yeah. <laughs> end up yeah. Unless you've got the car from James Bond, yes. Oh, the Lotus, the the Lotus was it the Lotus Esprit, the one that turned yeah, into yeah. the Lotus Esparte. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go. Hmm. Why don't they make right. James Bond movies like that anymore? Uh, no comment. Like it's a whole can of worms. Like, now he just goes no, around, like, man. shooting people and killing people. Like, where was the fun shit? Like, where all the gadgets? Like, all the Honestly, Q shit. That is a whole other fucking podcast that we could do. I was going to say, why haven't I will, James Bond cast? Uh, I will step out for that, because I don't like James Bond. That's fair. You don't like anything fun! I, do you want to know my favorite spy movie? What? Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, the boring that, one. That's a fucking no, good... That is an excellent movie. It, it really is. I'm not going to disagree with you. And I think I watched that movie before I watched James Bond. And I like caught like three minutes and I saw James Bond driving a tank on his with a suit, like standing up above the tank, knocking like. Oh, you saw Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. And I was like, he's a terrible fucking spy. What is all he right. doing? And I was like, all right, I'm just going to skip right, look, out on all of them now. Here's you my... Tell me that's someone that tells everyone his name and is just <laughs> shoots first and asks questions later is a terrible spy? I can't believe you. And meanwhile, so sleeps bad. with anything that comes along. Anything. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. We, we have to do a James Bond cast, and I just want Jay there just so he can, like, talk mad shit about the the entire time. That would imply that I've watched them. Mm. No, that's well, see, fine. Look, you, can, you can just talk about like your point of view. Look, growing up in the South, we, you know, the one station we could always get was Channel Seventeen, the Superstation TBS, and they were constantly rotating James Bond movies. Like there was just you, you ended up seeing them all at some point. But my my terrible James Bond hot take is that uh, Roger Moore looked like James Bond, 
Sean Connery was who James Bond was, but Daniel Craig is the best Bond. What about Pierce Bronson? What about Pierce Bronson? Fuck Pierce Bronson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anything. No, I, I liked him as Bond. Fucking GoldenEye is a great movie. GoldenEye was a great movie. It's an even better video game. Yes. Yeah. That's a case where the video game was even better than the movie. Yeah, th- this is going to be, a, this could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we are 55 <laughs> minutes this. into this. Mark this uh, for future cast. I think this has been a sufficient ramble cast. Look, I'm just saying. I'm saying, apparently, this is a nerve that we need to. A... Yeah, we, we need we, to separate out for now. Yep. Fine. Mark that for I will put day. it on the list. Yay. Bondcast. Bondcast. It's going to be Bondkers. Shut up. Cool. <laughs> that right. silence yeah. was uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like, what did I do? Uh, Any other final thoughts? Or, or, or do we want to have this a little bit early? I think we should like do more Star Wars episodes. <laughs> <laughs> there, like, it's I, only a ninety percent Star Wars. Okay. No, 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 no. Star Wars comes up in almost every episode. Almost, not every, almost yeah, every episode. Yep. But that doesn't mean we, we we don't have very many Star Wars centric episodes. I can only think of like two or three ish. So okay, what would you? If you could, if it was Halion's perfect day, ah. Halion's perfect episode. Okay, what would what would that look like? Would okay, it... first of all, we would spend like <laughs> half an hour, all of you, telling me how smart I and and funny I am, <laughs> and then like we would spend the next, yet. yeah, and then we spend the next half hour with me pontificating about all the things about Star Wars that I both love and find interesting and all of you agreeing. And then like the last five minutes of the stuff I don't like, and you agreeing that that's a shit. That would be <laughs> oh, okay. my perfect episode. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like, like it would be like 45 minutes of me of audio of me talking with maybe 15 minutes mixed in of you guys. I'm just going, Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, no, in all seriousness, no, that's, I mean, that's just, that's my ego. It mentions. Once, bro, I'm disappointed in you. You had to have us go on like a th- at least a 20 minute tangent about the proper ethics of steak, my dude. That's a proper Halion cast. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, that that's that's the that's the next episode. Oh, right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're oh, now you're, you're pushing for two. Oh, that might. Yes, be you know we have the the Star Wars episode. Then we have steak cast. Right. Yeah, we spend oh, like steak cast actually might be fun. Yeah, twenty minutes. We just spend twenty to thirty minutes just talking about why medium, why why medium rare is the per is the proper and perfect method of cooking. I'm curious. Have you ever had it um, straight raw? Have you had the French whatever raw beef thing? You mean uh, steak tartare? Yeah, steak tartare. I have not had steak tartare. I have heard plenty. I've read plenty. Um, I've spoken to someone who is a who is a uh, culinary school trained chef, and talked to me about steak tartare and how what what it's like, what's good about it, and how it's properly prepared. And I am fully down to try steak tartare. I have had a steak so rare that the outside is fully charred and and like got, got like a little crust, but the inside is flat out 
bloody and almost like not quite cold, but like it's not even warm. Mm -hmm. Still good. Still ate it. You know how I know that we're living in a simulation? Because Mm -hmm. the voice chat in the ox that I was in 10 minutes before I jumped in with y'all, we were talking about like any form of tartar at one point. So the ox is officially cursed. I'm saying it right now. We literally are all sharing some fucking similar bandwidth where we are reading each other's minds constantly. There's a there's an ox zeitgeist. Yeah, there is a shared collective collection. Yup, I I can I can no longer be convinced otherwise. Witness drinking to that. Love y'all, weirdos. Witness me. There's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of things wrong with it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think there's something to be said for that, that, you know, there, there is. is a, there is a, a common thread. There's a common sentiment that brought most of us into this community. It's like, we're all have a similar uh, idea, similar things, similar thing, things that thought, similar processes, similar things that we're interested in. And see, like, I'll back that up with like, before I think it was like just after I had posted in the unplugged room that we have, hey, let's talk about um, ideal mech builds. The Ox organically gets on that same topic probably 20 minutes later. <laughs> I was, that that was another clear cut case of like, am I living in a fucking sim, bro? Nah. If it was a, you couldn't, you couldn't program a sim this well. No, you could not. Yeah, and if you did, there'd be certain members that absolutely would have already been deleted out automatically. Like the 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 virus scan would have taken them out before they ever got through. <laughs> I'm not naming names. I'm not either, but I can imagine. <laughs> I was gonna say, Crispy, you and I already have someone in mind. <laughs> yeah. No, we 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 love most Each of you. Every one of you. I love Usually. everyone. I'm a computer. I'm happy to hang out with anyone, but I'm also the most relaxed of everyone, typically. You do seem pretty mellow a lot of the time. Mellow Jay. And yeah. the ironic the ironic part of that is that Jade no neither drinks nor uses drugs. Yeah. No, he's just um, naturally mellow. Yeah. The only time I've that I take drugs is antihistamines because I'm sneezing too much. You know what? Uh, that's that's okay. That's it. You you we do go you on like your sneezing fits. Like, oh yeah. When you start sneezing, like it's gonna go a while. Yeah, it's a five-minute sneeze session. Don't worry. But uh, I don't have sneeze sessions that often, but when it happens, it's a while. That's all. The, bur- the burden of being Jay. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only downside, and I'm okay with that. Um, Are there any final thoughts before I call it then? I'm pretty out of steam. So. You I'm started with steam? Pretty no. out of uh, fireball. All right, then. I started with no steam, and I went slowly downhill from there. <laughs> so, this has been the Ox Unplugged. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Huh. They should make that into a movie. Like Waffle House the Musical.